0: Welcome to Get On Purpose, the podcast to get clear on what matters to you, get moving and get results. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 18 of Get On Purpose. Today we are in conversation with Professor Muhammad Yunus. Professor Yunus is a Nobel Peace Prize winner and the inventor of microfinance. He has pioneered it in Bangladesh where he was born and educated at Dhaka University and was awarded a scholarship to study at Vanderbilt University. He is an incredible man and has been a progressive leader and change agent for the world for over 40 years. Bringing millions and millions of people out of poverty, Professor Yunus prides himself on his tenacity to change one person at a time. He writes on what poverty is in a paper that he wrote in 2005 in Global Urban Development. And he says, poverty is not created by people who are poor, so we shouldn't give them an accusing look. They are the victims. Poverty has been created by the economic and social system that we have designed for the world. And it's in his new book, A World of Three Zeros, where he unpacks his life experience and brings to us really interesting ideas on how we can change things, how we can bust through systems that are chaining people back, how eight people, there are eight men right now that control the same wealth as 3.7 billion people. There is something wrong with that economic model, and it's got to change. And this is the central thesis of Professor Eunice's new book. When he talks about social business, he's talking about not a non-for-profit, but a non-loss, non-divided company that does make a profit and then puts that profit back into the business. This is a business where the head and the heart are connected. And we all know I like to talk about it. It's only 12 inches. I'm not making a joke there. But it's very important that we connect the head and the heart, and it's not just about money. And Professor Yunus shares with us his insights on that. Now, let's listen to Professor Yunus. Hello, Professor Yunus. Welcome to Get On Purpose. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It is such an honor to have you here. We've had the whole day together. Yes, it We did. had breakfast together. We had fun together. We had fun together. We had a comic debate. Absolutely. Yes. You did wonderful. Oh, Thank you. I was under three minutes to point. Not everyone else was, were they?
1: <laughs> under that three minutes, you did fantastic.
0: <laughs> it was great fun. And now here we are recording live in our studio, and it's wonderful to have you here. So Get On Purpose. We're in season two, and you're going last guest. And um, through the season, we've been asking a series of questions so that our listeners can understand how to actually put the formula together so they can live an on-purpose life, both at home and at work, and find that intersection between the two. And the first thing we always ask everybody is what we call um, our blueprint or our moral code. The thing will never shift in life, no matter what we're doing. And I know we haven't spoken about it today, but it would just be wonderful for our listeners to hear what your moral code is your blueprint for life.
1: Well, I'm glad that you raised that question about the purpose. Uh, and this is a common theme that I build on. I said that our education system misses the most fundamental things in education uh, to encourage young people to discover their purpose, define their purpose, as they go through uh, their education system year after year they grow up. By the time they finish the they should be ready not only with the knowledge, but also to what use they make of this knowledge for. This is a fundamental thing. That's mm-hmm. where the purpose is needed. Otherwise, this is just drifting along back and forth, not knowing what this is all about. So this very important aspect of it. Oh, what purpose I have in my life. At, uh, in the beginning, uh, I was telling myself that uh, I want to make sure that I'm useful to at least another person. Uh, that's how I began everything, to make myself relevant to another person. Then I saw I can make myself useful to several persons, not just one person. And in order to do that, whatever I have done is relevant for many other people without me being uh, careful about designing such thing. I'm just designing it for a few people right in front of me. Uh, so that's how it became wider and wider. Because once you can address the problem of few people... Uh, you have actually hit the point where this is a common theme and you can solve the problem of the rest of the people, global people. So no problem is a local problem. No problem is an individual problem. No problem is a localized problem. All problems we see around us are actually global problems. Mm-hmm. We see it in only on our locality. That's how we think it's the only problem here. But once you try to overcome that, try to solve that, you have hit the checkpot because yeah. <laughs> now it's available, now it can be done anywhere, in any, any place, with any people because people are the same no matter where they live, how they live, etc. So I said the purpose is the most important thing and my starting point was to make myself relevant, make myself useful to at least another human being.
0: That's beautiful. I think often, you know, particularly with the growth of social media are, you, you know, people, no matter what their age is, they get caught up in trying to reach a million people. I want to be a star. And fame, you know, can sometimes overwhelm just being able to make a difference to one. So the, the message there is start with one and, and then reach well, many. Well, I wouldn't
1: mind if somebody wants to do a million, that's fine. Yes. But it always a starts with one. It that's what starts it with is one. one. is just like uh, the saying that goes, thousand mile journey starts with one step. Yes. Similarly, reaching one million has to start with one step, one person. If you can do one person, you re- repeat it for the second person, and that's the whole process. That's why you, you can go far beyond the million because it's the same thing.
0: That's fantastic. Professor Yunus, you, you are an incredible progressive leader. You, you thought of things before anyone ever um, even considered them. As we said in today's debate, what was crazy what do you think of the the leadership skills in you that made you be able to kind of take a, what seemed like a crazy idea? You you broke every banking rule, right? I'm going to lend to this person because they have nothing. And that's that's just the foundation. As you said earlier, banks lend to people who have money. doesn't make a lot of sense. What were the leadership skills that you have that enabled you to convince people that this was a good idea? I, I didn't think
1: about the leadership part of it. I was thinking more finding solution, <clears throat> solution part of it. Once you have the solution, and people come around. So what is it that you're doing? Mm-hmm. In the beginning, they're suspicious. They thought this is just a make-believe thing for a while. It will disintegrate. This will disappear. But you continue. So I would say if there is any leadership thing inside of this whole story, is a stubbornness. You don't get swayed by people criticizing you. Naysayers cannot be done. Because the whole world says it cannot be done. And still, they say it can be done. Uh, so, you have to have belief in what you're doing, faith in your work, and continue on the course. Because if, if you get persuaded by others that it cannot be done, that's the end of the story. It never gets done. So, uh, and I have to believe that all impossibles can be made possible. Mm-hmm. So, impossible should not get you off the track, impossible should not get you scared off. Uh, it gets you excited. <clears throat> now that it's impossible, somebody has to make it possible. And I'm the one who's doing that, who's addressing that. Maybe I'll be able to do that. So that f- confidence that yes, I can do that. And the fact that you're telling that it's impossible, I get more excited. Yeah. And That's what I need. That's what I'm here for, to make impossible possible.
0: Absolutely. And you yeah. are it, what I think is the eternal optimist. I love it. It's, and optimism is so important, particularly at this almost corner turning point in our world. And you've recently written a new book, which I've read and loved. I love the three zeros. Um, And maybe you can share with our listeners how that book has come to be. And, you know, the important, I guess, points you want to discuss, because for me, that answers the operationalized question that we've been asking throughout the season, because for me, the central thesis of the book is you're, you're giving people ideas on how to operationalize a social business, how to change the course of the capitalism that is slowly eroding the the, the, the moral construct of our humanity, of our, the planet Earth, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, the book is not written in a way normally you expect the writer That's to right. do, sit down and go page by page and write down over a period of time, the whole book. That's not how it's written. It's my work, actually. Uh, the interactions that I have with people, arguments that I have presented, and the thoughts that come across my mind. Uh, I do it as I can uh, talk, as I speak. Uh, most of them are just uh, elements of my speeches that I made over time. Uh, only thing I did, I put them together, and put it in the shape so that there's a sequencing and and there's a thematic issues and so on and so forth. That's about it. So it's a book which is uh, written by my own life. It's Mm. not uh, uh, the paper and pencil kind of thing. Uh, So these are issues that I saw uh, uh, something emerging that uh, uh, I found that terrible things happening to the world and I focus on uh, the wealth concentration. That's how Mm. my book begins. Uh, terrible things! All the wealth of the world is getting to fewer and fewer hands. When I say fewer, we are not about talking about million. We are not talking about hundred thousand. Only couple of dozens of people owning bulk of the wealth of the entire world. It's crazy. It's a unbelievable thing, and it's getting worse every day. That's what worried me. If it's getting worse, uh, I, I keep saying that it's a ticking time bomb. It will explode. Mm. You cannot carry on with a life, with a world, where all the wealth of the world is getting into hands of only a couple of uh, dozens of people. So uh, we need to adjust this, how to mm. reverse the process, how to bring that wealth to the, be divided into uh, billions of people on this planet. So this was an issue, and I tried, whatever I was doing, I showed that the, these are the ways how this can be slowed down, even can be brought down to zeroes and uh, reverse the whole process. So the wealth comes back to the people and uh, then people feel comfortable with their life and the world can afford it. There's plenty of wealth, but simply it's not available to 99% of the people. So this is the whole uh, book about And I Mm -hmm. said all this problem is created by the misinterpretation of a human being uh, in the economic theory, the capitalist theory that we have. Uh, They assume human beings being uh, driven by... Self-interest, selfishness. Mm -hmm. I said as a result, selfishness uh, interpretation of human being, uh, we became a human being with the glasses on, with dollar signs. We can't see anything else Mm -hmm. but the dollar sign. I said it's a completely wrong thing. We are not uh, people with dollar signs on our eyes. We have glasses, but we are bifocal glasses. We have one sees of uh, dollar signs to look at ourselves, to take care of ourselves, but we have... uh, Longer vision to see the rest of the world, that part is missing in the capitalist theory. So I'm saying, all I'm saying, put down the dollar sign glasses, take the bifocal glasses, mm-hmm. and then you'll see the world in two different ways, perspective. And you can play a role in the both worlds. And one is money-making business, and other is social business, business to solve problems. It's a wonderful experience to do that. And that's the whole thesis of the world.
0: I love it. And I'm sitting here across from Professor Yunus wearing my bifocals. And I love the metaphor because I'll never forget it because I can look straight ahead and I can see the importance of making money and profit. And then I look down into my reader vision and see the world and see how important it is that everyone on the planet understands we have to connect our head and heart. It's only 12 inches away and everyone can do it. Everyone no matter whether they're publicly listed or not, can have a social business within their business. Everyone can do it. So, Professor Yunus, with due respect to your run sheet, you are very busy today. We are almost out of time. One last question for our beloved listeners. What could you give them as one top tip? You've given us many, but just one top tip to leave our listeners with. One
1: thing I feel human being is packed with unlimited creative capacity and with the technology available in this world now, particularly for young people, they've given a tremendous, tremendous power in their hand, in their disposal. I invite them to realize that they are powerful. Unless you feel that you're powerful, you not know what you're missing. So you feel powerful and ask yourself what use you're going to make of this power. If you don't use it, that will be all wasted away. If you use it, you can change the whole world. That's the power you have. So don't miss it. Don't waste it. Use it. Make a new world.
0: That is fantastic. I'm summarizing that, and correct me if I'm wrong. Use your power. Know your power, and use your power. Professor Eunice, it has been an honor and a privilege. I look forward to seeing you in Melbourne on Monday, where we debate once again. Thank you. I look forward to it. Thank you. (laughs) what an amazing interview that was. And I love the tips. If we think about what Professor Eunice just shared, he said, look at the power that's sitting in your hand right now. Start by making a difference for one and then for two and have faith, belief, continue on your course and be stubborn and don't be shy about that. And I think that there are so many tips within this one podcast. Those are just the ones that I find are the distinct and distilled points that it matter to me the most. But listen for yours, put them into your heart, connect them with your head, and go out there and do the good work. Remember, everybody, what you do matters. Thanks so much for listening. You can subscribe to Get On Purpose on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, Or follow us on Spotify. And if you want to leave a comment or review, we'd love it. Always keen to hear from you. And if you want to get in touch, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter as Karen T. James. And there's loads more information on the website, including how On Purpose Consulting or OP Consulting can work with your organization or add impact to your next conference. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as On Purpose Hub. See you next time.